Welcome to the Tapping Into podcast with Sarah Tobin. That's me. I've created this podcast to help you discover and tap into spiritual, alternative and natural practices that could really change your life. I've been on a spiritual journey my whole life and I'm now an EFT or tapping practitioner. In this podcast, I have honest conversations on topics that I hope will deepen your soul connection, allow you to reclaim your power and confidence, know that you're not alone and feel inspired to find out more. I really hope this helps you on your journey. Thanks for all of your support with the podcast so far. This is the second last episode in my first series and I appreciate every download, share and review. So thank you from the bottom of my heart. As you might know by now, we lost our daughter Alice five days after giving birth. And Sharon King's work has been absolutely instrumental in my healing journey. Without it, I would not have been able to heal in the way that I did. And I would not be doing this work right now. Sharon's techniques were used in my first healing session with my lovely practitioner, Kate Marilat. And then I went on to train with Sharon as soon as I'd finished my EFT training. Having had three very different birth experiences and witnessing so many having traumatic births, I really wanted to share Sharon's wisdom on this podcast. I want to help continue conversation about birth trauma and inspire people to start or continue to release their own negative experiences. This episode does come with a trigger warning. We do mention baby loss, albeit briefly. Our conversation focuses more on birth trauma itself and breaks in the bonding experience with baby, for whatever reason that may be. This podcast is not trying to upset you, but more to educate and empower you. Your birth was not your mother's fault and the birth of your children was not your fault. No one is to blame. It's just what happened. Remember, it's never too late to bond. I really do hope you find some nuggets of inspiration and comfort in what Sharon and I have to say. In today's episode, my guest and I are discussing birth trauma. So what it is, how it impacts us and the benefits to be gained from releasing it. Today, I'm chatting to Sharon King, author of the book, Heal Your Birth, Heal Your Life. After I did my EFT training, I very quickly did Sharon's course on matrix birth reimprinting. After the loss of our daughter, Alice, due to birth complications, I knew this was something I really needed to do in order to help others. It was also the same technique that was used in my very first EFT sessions that ultimately have changed my life. So Sharon also came to EFT and heaps of other amazing modalities after um, the loss of her partner. She focuses on looking at emotions, health and well-being. She's helped countless women all over the world on a one-to-one basis and also trained hundreds, if not thousands, of women and men in her techniques to help people recover from birth trauma. So thank you, Sharon, for joining me today, especially since you're in Thailand enjoying the sunshine. <laughs> yes, thank you, Sarah. Thank you for the invite to uh, be able to talk to your group. It's really amazing. Oh, thank you. I think it's a really important topic um, that often is just not dealt with in the mainstream. Um, and with that, there's a kind of a question I wanted to start with that I've heard from lots of people personally, and I've heard it in the media, that health practitioners and family, well-meaning family and friends tell people, you know, as long as you have a healthy baby, then that's all that matters. 
And what do you say to mums about this belief? Well, that's a really good question to start with. Um, I too have heard that so many times from women. Oh, you've got a you've got an amazing baby. You've got a healthy baby. That's all that matters. You've just gone through many many hours of um, near death experiences. Sometimes pretty big trauma, but that doesn't count. Yes, that doesn't. What and that in that moment when somebody says that. It, women just feel to and men because fathers obviously yes. go through their own trauma experience too with with along with their partners but it totally invalidates everything that has just happened to that to that woman um and it, it, it's it's well i think it's quite criminal myself um but before we we really get into this um, I want to start off by saying to all the, the women um, or parents that are listening to this is you're going to learn some information from me today in this um, podcast that you didn't know at the time. So I want you to just sit for a moment and maybe even just close your eyes and just put your hand on your heart. And I want you to just think these thoughts. I was doing the best I could with the knowledge and understanding I had at the time. Because none of us really um, set out to traumatize or to be traumatized and to traumatize our children. A lot of women um, look at how they want their birth to be. They have a birth plan. They, um, you know, I want a birthing pool, I want candles, I want soft lighting, I want my music. And they, 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 they have this idea on what they want in their mind, but they go in and the reality of what can happen in hospital is that they don't get any of what it is that they have in their mind. It's not, not how they um, were planning it at all. And it can leave women feeling um, shame guilt but the big uh, anger but the combination of all of that is actually grief so the amount of women that i work with who are grieving because even though they may have this baby at the end of it and yes they are grateful to have a life baby at the end of this yes um experience that they they still have all this inner emotions going on and they're told to stuff it down yeah. like your emotions don't count so this is a big contributing factor to postnatal depression yeah your emotions count your voice counts so many women feel so um powerless in their, in their birthing process. And this should be the one time that we are really in our power. As women giving birth, we should feel totally empowered to give birth. We should feel totally safe and supported to give birth. Absolutely. And when that doesn't happen, then um, that, that just can lead to all sorts of, you know, emotional, physical, mental, spiritual yes. um, issues. Could you explain how trauma impacts the body, the mind, the soul? Yeah, can absolutely talk to that. So 
any time that we have a trauma, uh, the first thing that happens is we, we, we have this system called the fight, flight, freeze system. Okay, so um, if something's going on, then um, we, wanna we may want to fight our way out of a situation. We may want to run away. Now, in birth, you can't fight. Yeah. You can't fight those birth professionals. You certainly can't get up and run away. So you go into freeze, you know, and we learn this is an autonomic response of our autonomic nervous system. Um, so it's automatic. It's not something that um, it's not conscious. Yeah, it's not conscious. Yeah. But depending on the level of trauma that we've had as a child, some women will go into this freeze response a lot quicker than other women will. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so basically what happens is, and what I've, what I've also found um, is in the moment of trauma, we usually make some form of decision, like I'm powerless, I'm not good enough, my voice doesn't count, yeah. um, all of that good stuff. Now, if we have that as a negative belief that's running through our life anyway, and most all of us do, I'm not safe, yeah. Yeah. I'm not good enough. Um, not worthy. I'm not yeah. worthy. All of that good stuff, right? Um, and giving your power away to authority, to experts, I don't know enough, so I'll just follow what the experts guide me to do. Um, and that's okay as long as you've got a really good expert to follow. Um, <laughs> is at any point of trauma, big trauma, those limiting beliefs come to the surface. And they, so what happens in the body is um, the body freezes. The, um, quite often what can happen for women, and I hear this story a lot of times, is they learn to disassociate. So they, they kind of like, if you imagine like your consciousness just jumping out of your body. And so many women say to me, you know, since that birth experience, I've just not felt present. I've felt stupid. I'm not able to function in the way I was before I gave birth. Um, everything seems a little fuzzy. And that is because they've literally, they've disassociated from their body and they're still kind of, they're floating around above their body. Now that may sound strange to some people who have never experienced it, but this also happens a lot for women who um, experience domestic abuse, for instance, you know, they jump out of their body and it's a, the the body or the autonomic nervous system is a defense mechanism. So when we go through trauma, we don't want to take on the enormity of what's happening. So we freeze. And in that moment of freezing, all the energy goes into the reptilian brain or the hind brain, which is our survival brain. And our prefrontal cortex, which is our critical thinking, our, our, you know, our compassionate brain, our intelligent mind, just shuts down because in that moment we're in a, a life and death situation so it's the reptilian brain that's going to get us out of that situation yeah yeah proper and I'm sure survival mode isn't it proper survival mode mm. and a lot of people right now because of what's going on in this current lockdown unlockdown virus situation yeah 
are cycling in and out of trauma right now and leaving our bodies and oh it, it's, it's safe to come back in again leaving our bodies again so a lot of women who have gone through a really traumatic time giving birth they, they don't come back in their bodies again and they need help they need help to come back in anchor back in wow anchor back in it can leave people with ptsd okay so this is something we associate with war veterans yes you know but the mother can get ptsd post-traumatic stress disorder the baby can get ptsd the father can get ptsd yeah leads on to postnatal depression for the mother um yeah so on an emotional point of view on a physical point of view a lot of women for instance if they have a really traumatic c-section they'll hold a lot of the emotion in that c-section scar or they'll hold the emotion of what's happened in their hips in the womb area in yeah. the womb or the pelvic floor yeah so um i often find that um you know things start to change physically for the woman after birth as well after she's she's done some sessions too so it it, it affects you on every single level physical mental emotional spiritual it's unbelievable actually isn't it so if someone has experienced this a traumatic you know have had it has it had a traumatic birth what can they do how can they even recognize that it's something that they need to look at um, as well uh, and and see that it's impacting them and then what do they do with that knowledge okay so one of the telltale signs is you weren't able to bond with your baby so everybody talks about this amazing bonding process where yeah. mum falls madly in love with the baby dad falls madly in love with the baby um, the baby's a happy baby, doesn't do much crying. Um, there's a lot of love and all of that stuff. And if you've had, if you've had a birth experience that is either low in trauma um, for both you and the baby, then that absolutely happens. You know, yes. you can have the most incredible um, experience that, with the bonding experience. But a lot of women don't. And yes. they find that they can't bond with their baby. And they put on this smiley face because they know they put on an act, they put on a mask. Yes, of course I've bonded with my baby. Yes. And inside they're, they're, they're saying to themselves, Freaking why, can't I, why yeah. can't I love this baby? I see the woman in the bed next to me. She can love her baby. Why can't, there's something wrong with me. I can't love my baby. Yeah. But on the external side, she's showing, you know, and, and you know, she'll show the family. And so many people keep, keep this or women keep this to themselves so that is one sign that you have so been traumatized important. by birth because yeah. in that moment of, of trauma quite often you're you're not able to bond yeah and um, i suppose because your spirit has jumped ship as well so you're kind of not all fully present in order you're not living in the heart are you in that state no. you're kind of off with the fairies um from my experience i i've had three sides of this coin so to speak i've had the loss of of alice to start with then i had a planned c-section with casper um my first son second baby and i remember him lying on the couch beside me i think day three or four maybe maybe a bit later four five six and just be like crying everything out of my mouth was was crying and i literally couldn't i didn't feel like he was part of me at all you know like i was i was looking at him and it was like a separate entity. It was like a separate being. Whereas I had Josh 
three or four, so two, two and a half years later. And it was the most amazing. So I, by that point, I'd done a lot more healing. I had then done birth made extreme printing to imprint his birth before the birth. And um, I had my crystals, my oils, I was everything tapping the whole time. And it was amazing and incredible. And I, I instantly had that feeling. So I was lucky in a way I've, I've experienced every single version of birth. <laughs> um, and so I completely understand what you, because that just, that just flashbacks for me that, that Casper moment where looking at him like, and I, and I can, I can see it still with him now in ways, you know, we are connected and, and that bonding has happened. Um, but I feel like he has an, I'm not good enough narrative running a little bit as well. Yeah. So we've mm-hmm. talked about the effects for the mum. Yeah. So would you like to talk about the yes. effects for the baby? <laughs> yes. All righty. So again, mothers listening to this, remember you were doing the best you could with the knowledge and understanding you had at the time. And this is not your fault. Absolutely. So from the baby's point of view, a newborn baby coming into the world is programmed, right? So we'll look, this, look at this as a program. They're programmed to bond. They're programmed to attach. They're programmed to do eye-to-eye contact with mum and with dad. They, This is part of their survival because they need to know, they need to feel safe in the fact that if they shout because I'm hungry or I'm in pain or I'm alone, that somebody is going to come and see to them because they are powerless to do anything themselves. Yeah. All right. There is consciousness in the baby. The baby is only aware of the present moment. The baby's not able to be aware of the past or the future. Although whatever's happened to them, the trauma that's happened to them getting here, if they've had a traumatic birth, is still very much in their awareness they're they're operating from the point of view as right now am i safe 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 right now and if they there is no connection so that connection that you spoke about between you and casper Mm -hmm. wasn't there yeah and if it goes to the extreme and mum is really struggling to connect with that baby then potentially she could up and leave that baby So we've seen this in um, chimpanzees, you know, they give birth, they're they're traumatized, they'll walk off, they'll leave their baby and the baby either dies or another mother will come along and pick it up. Yeah. So it's all the primal, natural instinctive response within the baby and the mom. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So for baby survival, they need to know that mum is there for them, that's present for them, that they only need to do a little squeak and mum's going to they get what they want. They're going to yeah. get fed, they're going to get held, they're, they're, they're going to get what their needs met. But if that doesn't happen, then um, in those moments when it's not happening, they, you know, the first period of crying is kind of okay, but then when they get into that really frantic crying, it's like, um, uh, you've got to hear me. You've got to come, otherwise I'm going to die. Yeah. Okay, so yeah. they almost go straight to the world's ending. The world is ending. Mind. Yeah, because yeah. they haven't you, got what they need immediately. Right, okay. Yeah. If, if you don't hear me, I'm, I, I, this is a life and death situation for yes. me right now, Mum. You need yeah. to come. Like, yeah. come, come, come. Now. Because, <laughs> like, you know. So 
mentally the beliefs that I'm making is the babies I'm not loved I'm not wanted I'm not safe right safety yes. is the number one priority um my voice is not heard um I've got to be good to be loved um and just various other things yes. that, and these patterns that all these negative beliefs that are created at birth run right the way through our adult you know our childhood into our adulthood unless we do some um energy psychology work on them yes. and change those Please. beliefs yeah yeah so it's imperative for the baby the baby's like born with this need to bond in order to feel safe and if they don't bond then they don't feel safe and then that affects them not only and in in that moment of birth and bonding um, there's not just the emotional response but there's also a physical response that happens within the body yes yes so um you know that it's it, the prefrontal cortex is that part of the brain that only develops after birth so we have four different parts of our brain three the survival brain the emotional brain and the cortex is developed in birth uh, sorry in utero pre-birth, yeah pre-birth the fourth part of our brain our most um newest part of our brain if you like the compassionate yes. brain it only gets developed from birth to uh, onwards to the first year right wow so you know this isn't i'm the what i'm talking about here this bonding process isn't just like the first you know hour of after birth and then True. that's it you don't exactly. need to, to worry about it you've got to keep reinforcing it reinforcing it reinforcing it. it because the development of that brain depends on it exactly but it's not just the brain it's the heart it's the nervous system it's the digestive everything system. so the health everything. of the baby the nervous system yeah yeah and the, the one thing that i learned and took away from you is um that it's never too late to bond right exactly. so that's the good news here. Yes. And like you said, that you've a whole up to a year to establish that really amazing connection. But tell me how um, how the rebonding process can work. So what happens is um, in that moment of bonding. So the eye contact, the being held, hearing mum's voice or da- and dad's voice. You know, just just that whole experience that we have of being human using all our senses. Yeah then um, what happens in those moments is there's a a part in our brain called the cingulate garus in our emotional brain um, that gets triggered in both mum and the baby and probably dad too. Now this is, this for mum, what this does is it opens her up to the ability of natural mothering. So she'll listen to her baby cry and and know, will get to know very quickly what, what it is the baby's asking for. Yes. It's that intuitive knowing. My mum had it in the fact that um, she knew she put me out in the garden in the pram to get my fresh air and then just got this intuitive like urge to come and check on me. And she found a tick just burrowing its way into my neck. <gasps> so it's that sort of thing that, you know, your intuition yes. is switched it's on in that, in that moment. It's when expanded. you become a mother. And the birth process does that. It, it, it expands that, that 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 is amazing isn't it that's it actually is. amazing but there's a three-way that connection that happens so the cingulate garus and the emotional brain also triggers the prefrontal cortex and it triggers the heart and it also triggers the release hormonal release of oxytocin wow and oxytocin is that love hormone the birth drug drug basically yes, yes. the birth drug yeah, yeah so 
So the heart opens, it's like a heart opening experience and you just fall in love with your baby. But if that doesn't happen at birth and, and what when, when we're doing sessions, when we're working together, um, what I do is I ask the mother to imagine just going back in time and stepping into the picture as she is now with her younger self. And we're going to work through all the traumas that happened during that birth experience. We're also, we're going to use the EFT tapping. So we're going to tap on the mother. We're going to tap on the baby in the womb as well. Um, we're going to release the emotions. We're going to look at the beliefs that happened. We're going to pre-frame some of the things that happened. And as we go through releasing, and then what we're going to do is once we've released all the trauma, we'll go back and we'll do the birth how it should have been. Totally so natural. visualization of the birth that the mom actually wanted. Yes, the birth yeah. that the mom actually wanted, how it should have been. And we, I also will guide them through the bonding process as well. So they'll just, in their mind, they'll be looking into their baby's eyes, they'll be smelling the baby, they'll be hearing the baby, they'll be holding the baby in their arms. Now, some people may think, well, that's just make-believe, but every time you go back to a memory, you rewrite that memory anyway. You know, you think about something that happened in your childhood isn't exactly how it actually happened. Yeah, but We've embellished it or we've yes. changed it. Yeah. And our brain doesn't know the difference between something that is real and something that is imagined. That is key here, isn't it? That is really key. Let's just say that again. Yeah. The brain doesn't know the difference between something that really physically happened or something imaginary and visualized. Yes. And yeah. there's scientific studies to yes. prove that. Yes, totally. So, yeah. So that gives us a huge amount of power in our healing journey. Mm to be able to go back to that place to release the trauma and then reprogram re like it's like erasing a computer script isn't it a computer program and then just putting in what you wanted to happen instead so then exactly. then what happens to the brain because obviously you're you're rewiring and reprogramming the brain what's the then physical output impact of that process in your body and and even the spirit so the interesting thing well there's a number of interesting things that can happen and I can give you some various different stories about all of this process, um, is when you go back and you do the bonding process again. Now, I don't, as of yet, have scientific proof for this, but yeah. the person that is the, the mother that I'm working with, she feels that same love emotion, that oxytocin. So there must be some form of release of hormone oxytocin in the body when we're going through this in, in a mind process. Yeah. I also believe the cingulate gyrus gets, gets switched on. I believe it affects the prefrontal cortex. But again, I don't have scientific studies for this. But as a therapist, then there's something called mirror neurons. Okay. So um, it's like if I'm watching, like for instance, if I'm watching somebody on a film going through a traumatic time yeah. on a film, then I'm feeling those emotions in my body too. Absolutely. But if I'm, that's why we love watching romantic love stories <laughs> because we get to feel and share in the, the love that, that's yes. going on on our screens. So I get to share the, um, the experience that the mother's having as well. I get to share that uh, oxytocin. So yeah. I get a lovely hit of oxytocin. <laughs> but what is, what is a little bit uh, unusual, I think, in, in especially with the, with, what we're with the work that we're doing, is it doesn't just affect the mother that I'm working with, 
there will be some form of change effect on the baby or the child or the adult child that um, we're working with. And that that is amazing, isn't it? That's yes. amazing. So can I give you a quick example of yes, that? Yes, please do, yeah. So uh, there's, there's quite a few in my book, so I'm just going to... Um, just pick one that's just coming to mind and I know is relatively short. So there was a, um, a lady who was, uh, I was doing a talk, an hour talk on matrix birther imprinting. And this lady was uh, in the audience and she was tapping, doing the EFT tapping on the meridian points all the way through. Yeah. Now I knew she was okay because she was sat next to one of the other um, EFT trainers. So, so if she got into trouble, I knew she was okay. And as I'm talking, um, this is what she told me the next day. She realized that um, her daughter, her grown-up daughter, um, was in America at the time. I did this in the UK. So um, her daughter was in America and hadn't spoken to her for three months. Had not responded to her texts, her emails, her phone calls. It was like, you know, daughter gone off grid, not wanting to speak to her mother. And as I'm talking, she's realized that actually, I wonder if this is anything to do with the birth experience and the bonding experience and blah, blah, blah. So she's tapping on all the emotions that are coming up for her over what happened through her daughter's birth. Now, she said she got home and that night she received a text message from her daughter that said, I'm not sure what you've done today, mum, but thank you and I forgive you. Oh, my God. Wow. I, I personally um, had experiences with, with clients even recently whose children are maybe a bit more nonverbal or um, neurodiverse. Uh, and this one in particular, we did a lot of work on, on her daughter. And the next day it was like, it was like a light bulb had, or a flip had switched with the daughter and was becoming really independent. She was doing little things, but were big things and significant things for the family. Um, so I've, I've had that firsthand too. So it's, 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 it's just incredible. And I think it goes back to ancestral healing and, and looking at breaking the chain, breaking the pattern, breaking the cycle. And if we, and we do believe that we're all one, we're all connected. So as we heal ourselves, there is a ripple effect on those around us and particularly connected to us um, in the physical sense or even just, you know, friends and things like that. So Yes, it's amazing. And I presume dad is included in that too, because I know we've often looked at the dad's trauma as part of that experience as well. I mean, most dads don't know that the mums are going down this healing journey or, or you know, following quite not as intensely as the mom in, in, in releasing her pain and trauma and going down this kind of more alternative route. So often the dads have been positively impacted by the mum's work. Yeah. Yes, and there's a story about that in my book. Oh, good. Um, and I will give it a very brief synopsis of the story, but the longer story is in the book. So um, Jake is seven years old. He's got epilepsy two to three times a day since wow. birth. He's had epilepsy. Wow. And on the first session, um, and he's also slightly on the autistic scale, although at that time he hadn't been diagnosed. So on the first session, I asked his mum, was there anything big that happened while you were pregnant? Because, of course, our time in utero, which we haven't spoken about, but no, our time yes. in utero also affects us. Yes. 
so um and she said oh gosh yes she said um she said i found out i was pregnant at six weeks at eight weeks she said and, and told my husband he seemed absolutely delighted and then at eight weeks two weeks later he suddenly didn't come home from work she said i had no clue where he was and he had actually left her he'd packed a bag and he'd gone oh my gosh so to give you the end of the story, he did come back, but he came back a week after Jake was born. So she had the whole of the oh, pregnancy gosh. and a very traumatic birth to go through without him. So um, anyway, so she is working on her younger self, releasing the trauma, um, the, the shock, the grief, the anger, everything about her husband leaving. We work on little baby Jake in the womb as well, mm -hmm. reassuring baby Jake that everything's going to be all right. But she also started, well, her husband came into this, the, the matrix, as we call it, came yeah. into um, her, her, her image, and she started tapping on him. And she was able to tune into him as his seven-year-old self, and something happened when he was seven where he made the belief that he couldn't be a father. He couldn't be that responsible to be a father. And something had happened between him and his father, and I don't wow. remember the details of that. But as a seven-year-old, he made this vow, I could never be a father. Oh or it's gosh. not safe to be a father, I couldn't be that responsible, whatever the belief yeah. was. So that then got triggered, and he had two weeks to kind of process that trigger, and he went into flight. He ran away. Of course, yeah. Yeah. So anyway, so she tapped on his seven-year-old self in the Matrix, and um, the, the ending image that we have is them, um, the family kind of, you know, him apologizing to her for running away and, um, you know, they kind of make up and she forgives him in the matrix. She forgives him for leaving her. So that, that evening he comes home from work and he says to her, oh, God, you never guess what happened to me. And she said, what? And he said, God, he said, I got very emotional this afternoon. He said, and I had to go into the bathroom and have a good cry. Wow. And she said, what time was that? And he said, oh, I don't know, about half past three. And she went, oh, okay. And that would have been around the time that she was working on him because our session started at three o'clock. So wow. she would have been working on him in the moment. So yes, it can absolutely have an effect on um, the, the father. But also like after that one session, Jake went a whole week without having an epileptic fit. Wow. After the second session we worked on his birth and that was highly traumatic and he had to be resuscitated a couple of times after that session he went a whole month without a fit and then um after the third session he went three months without a fit three to four oh months. my goodness so i did that session with her in 2011 when i published my book in 2015 i checked in with her and said is this still the case and she said yep jake is still only having fits every three to four months Wow. That's incredible, isn't it? Yeah. So, Amazing. you know, it's just, there, there are so many stories that I could share with you, including a, yeah. a, one that I have here, but carry on. Oh gosh. It's just, I find it, it like exciting and um, yeah, just, just really so interesting how everything uh, is connected, you know, the mind, body, the yeah. soul, um, the people involved. It's just, it's just incredible, isn't it? Um, yeah. I have another question around, and and I and this is obviously true to my story, but many other parents is that the path to parenthood itself can be full of loss and trauma and sadness, guilt and shame. Um, 
what happens when we don't let go of those emotions? What happens when you stuff them down? Okay, so another really good question. As babies in the womb, we, uh, we perceive the world through our mother's perception of the world. So we can't see the outside world, but nature's designed it so the environment the mother is living in is the environment that the baby needs to be able to survive in. Wow, so, yes. 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 So nature does all this amazing oh things <laughs> to give us the best start in life. Wow. So if mum's feeling peaceful, um, she's in a loving relationship, she's really looking, she's really happy about being pregnant, she's really looking forward to the birth, um, you know, tunes in and connects with the baby, then that baby's going to develop in, um, you know, a healthy, we would call a healthy emotional environment. So um, the baby's physical body will develop to the best of its ability yeah. because um, mum's feeling joyful and peaceful and maybe doing her yoga or meditation or breath work or whatever it is that she's yeah. doing right now. And her perception of the world is, you know, it's a safe and joyful world. Then the baby's going to be one of the most healthiest babies physically, mentally, and emotionally. Now, if mum's gone through a lot of trauma as a child um, or or lost a baby, or, um, you know, had a termination, or whatever. Yeah. Whatever the unprocessed un trauma that she's got, that she's hanging on to within her body, the baby's kind of, I, I said this to somebody the other day, and they said, oh, that's a really good way of saying it. For nine months, the baby's marinating in those emotions, those yes. unprocessed emotions. Yeah. So if mum's not feeling safe or she's grieving um, because or she's terrified of giving birth again because the first birth experience was, um, you know, really traumatic, then the baby's like forming, knowing that, you know, it's not safe out there. There's like, it's, you know, it's preparing into the world is preparing for that. Yeah. Let yeah. me just say too here that this is not the mum's fault like this is just how nature works this is how the ba babies are developed to um be created in this environment but also that we are not taught how to release our emotions right so we are actually no. conditioned to suppress our emotions exactly from, from in utero basically so yes. um you know it's only a very aware mom who will have maybe processed her emotions enough to create this amazing environment for a child in fact i would say most women aren't in that situation would that be right yeah, yeah exactly. so this is not a unique thing to one mom who's just not been able to let go of stuff like this is nearly every mother right exactly we've yeah. all got our stuff well you know, shit yeah you know i've been processing my stuff since 2007 and even you know <laughs> i can have my moments too so there is no, yeah. there's no perfect Zen mother out yes, there. Okay? Yes. So yes. maybe the, you know, the, my first description of, you know, but that, also, was, would lo that would be a beautiful ideal. And let's, yes, like, let's vision that for the future. Idea. Yeah. But baby is all, and but it's very unrealistic that yes. the baby's going to go through life being, you know, Zen and, and nothing affecting it because, you know, we're here on planet life. Earth. There's, you know, we come here and, but, it's about how we deal with trauma. And I always talk about the in yeah. utero period and the birth period as being the foundation. It makes up the foundation on who we are. And if we can give the best start 
to our baby, both physically and mentally and emotionally, then when they do encounter trauma, they can deal with it a lot better. So they're more resilient. They're more resilient. That's That's a really good word. They're more resilient. So this is why I love working with pregnant women. And Sarah, I know um, it's probably one of your joys too, is that when you work with a pregnant woman, and there's a number of things on my tick list that I like to go through with a pregnant woman. So we'll have a look at her own birth experience because how we give birth will quite, sorry, how we're born is quite often how we will give birth. So there can be an ancestral link as well. Yes. Um, I like to look at any birth experiences she's had giving birth to other children and clear those. Yeah. So those are two big traumas, um, her own birth experience and also um, giving birth to any children. But also I want to look at those negative beliefs as well that she's running. Um, Any other big traumas in her life, like a loss of a previous child or something, a loss of a family member even, you know, it could be something that's quite close before they conceive. Or even stuff related to um, your sense of safety. So like a car crash or something, you know, where where you're vulnerable. Because I think giving birth, you're in the most vulnerable state you've ever been. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so I've lost count the amount of pregnant women that actually get themselves in car crashes as well. You need to stop doing that. (laughs) But anyway, so any big, like any big traumas that are currently going on for them that they've experienced, like a car crash or, you know, the announcements of of this virus thing or Mm. whatever, you know. So whatever's going on in their life, and I may just want to have a look at their relationship between them and their partner as well, because if they're not in a loving, supportive relationship, then that could cause... It's going to be harder, yeah. It's going to be harder. But once we've, we've got to a place, and I've just finished this process with one, with one lady, and I'm just waiting for her to give birth. Oh. Like, I've not heard from her. But we also do what I now call a future um, birth imprinting, where yeah. we show the, the baby that she's carrying how the birth is going to be. And this is always the last session that I normally do with women um, because that will then bring up any fears they have around giving birth. Yes. So anything that we've not cleared up, yeah. then that just, just visualizing that future birth experience will, will br- highlight anything that's not gone on. Now, so far I've had incredible success, right, of women going through and having a natural birth experience after visualizing and going through this process because they they've mentally rehearsed it if you like it's not just about writing down on a bit of paper what your birth plan is yeah. we've literally we have mentally rehearsed lived it and the, breathed it almost we've lived yeah. and breathed it we've experienced it emotionally and yeah. again we do the bonding as well so the baby knows what's going to happen mum knows what's going to happen and this Amazing. is what we did with you yes yeah exactly so josh's i did do that for casper but it was i think you know, it was only a year, literally a year after I'd given birth to Alice. So that was still very raw. Um, and no doubt what I did release and heal in those four or five sessions before Casper was born had played a huge part. I would hate to think what it would have been like if I hadn't done that work. Um, but then with Josh, two and a half years later, I was, during because during my EFT training, I was able to go back to my own birth process and, uh, um, and your, your course too. So, you know, doing all that stuff, I was able to have that literally I was down to the music I was playing I played to him you know um, and everything that we showed him in that session came through through in, in real life and it that that was the most empowering thing I've ever experienced so I was very lucky to have had the, the almost the two three different aspects of 
experience of birth yeah yeah but from a from a positive purpose point of view that's what makes you have a passion for this work that you're yes. doing now yeah because i know it's possible i was always thinking on the sidelines like you said earlier like all these people are having these amazing births i was like how how you know i've done the hypnobirthing and everything and actually that's what's interesting it came to mind while you're talking there hypnobirthing is very positive and it's very visual but they don't release the trauma first so actually what you're doing is clearing the path to then program the the new vision isn't it and the, and, the, and do the hypnobirthing work so the yeah. the visualization the positive affirmations the breathing and everything yeah um but i said the clearing the trauma is a really key part isn't it it is and i you know i i recommend my my clients to do hypnobirthing because yes, totally. it, it is amazing it yeah. is amazing but you know when you do something like that without clearing the trauma i call that wallpapering over the cracks mm -hmm. So if you can imagine, you know, in your, your living room wall has develops this gigantic crack in it and you don't fill it and you don't um, address it. it, you don't address it, but you just put wallpaper over it. Like within within a few days, you're going to see that crack behind the wallpaper. Yeah. But if you if you tend to it, if you, you know, make it new again. Yeah. then put the wallpaper on you're never going to see that crack that yes. crack is going to be mended it's it's gone. All going to but the but the thing is you'll still remember it's there you'll still remember oh yeah that wall had a massive crack on it yeah but i now have put all this new plaster in and rubbed it all down and made it smooth and so you know nobody ever forgets their original experience yeah their original experience but the emotion associated to that original experience is very very different yes it's now a positive memory even though it wasn't uh, you know it was full of negative yes emotion. exactly and that leads me to another question around the fear of tending and to that crack so a lot yes. of people would be afraid of opening that bolt that they have locked away those experiences the trauma the the guilt the shame the anger the sadness yes. the grief everything and it's now locked away in this like metal box in their hearts or deep in their stomachs or wherever they hold their emotions what would you say to someone who's afraid to to go there so from from what i've what i've the feedback that i've had from um many people over the years is and this is what i see time and time with clients and also experience for myself is that by using this particular technique it's one of the safer techniques to use with big trauma because um you're not reassociating fully with the trauma of what happened if you as adult you going back into a memory to work with your younger self who had the trauma there is that level of disassociation that happens so it means you're not having to fully um i mean even eft itself the, the tapping is amazing but you have to fully feel the emotion of what happened at the time yes in order to have, release it yes in order to release it so you're bringing that back through the whole of your senses in your body and that can be sometimes it can be a little too much especially if if you've not if you've gone in too quickly and not um you know done what we call the, the gentle techniques um where you just take it little bit by little bit mm. but with matrix you can go in quicker but you can go in more safely yes you're kind of more 
protective there's a bit of a yes. an armor between you and your former exactly. self exactly yeah. and i exactly. find like as part of the training is as soon as someone does start to jump into themselves or associate or kind of start to really feel that emotion you quickly pull them back because actually exactly. they don't need to feel it and it's not the goal of the technique the goal of no. the technique is to be there as almost a third party objective third party rather than taking on and re-feeling everything because you don't need to to release it no. yeah whereas a lot of other techniques in more traditional psychological practices are about kind of reliving and, and how does that make you feel at the time? And kind of like going through that in, in a bit to release. But I don't know, from your experience, like this just seems to release on a whole deeper level. Like a, how would you describe the difference actually between like a, you know, counseling or um, working with a psychotherapist or something like that to some of the work that we, that you do in this, in this way? So, the best way I think to describe it is to look at the neural pathways and think about a pathway. So a lot of people um, who like to retell their story about their birth trauma, and I've, I've seen this, there's mm. a number of birth trauma um, groups in Facebook, and all people want to do is, is to tell their same story over yeah. and over again. And they never seem to get resolution on it. So you think about, you know, if you're making a part, you know, you will, if you walk the same way across your grass every single day, backwards and forwards, backwards and forwards, then, then the grass stops growing and you make a path. And the yeah. same thing happens in your brain. Um, those you almost like you're embedding that memory in, and in, in deeper and deeper. So um, by going to traditional counselling, for instance, you're telling your story and you may cry um, in that moment, but you may feel a little bit better, but you've still got the shock in your body of what happened because um, the shock, again, going back to nature, nature's designed us to have that freeze response is to go into shock. Yeah. When something shocking happened, you, you, it stops you from taking in the enormity. Everything is recorded in your subconscious, but consciously your conscious brain shuts down to protect you. It's a protective mechanism. But what it does in that shutting down process is it locks everything in place, all the feelings, all the emotions, the smells, the sights, what you heard, Whatever happened on that day, it, it locks it into a trauma capsule. Yes. And when you open that capsule a little bit and glimpse inside and just feel the emotions of what's in there and then you just talk about them, you don't, you don't fully change that trauma capsule. Yes. Yeah? And it can even so you're not releasing feeling, it. You're just watching you're not releasing it, it, feeling yes. it. Yeah. Yes. So you may be feeling a little bit of that. And it's like, um, it's like an open wound. You've opened that wound again but it's, it's not healed. Yeah. So if you go in in the way that we do it, we first thing you number one priority is always to release the shock because that's what's holding all the emotions in place. And then you can deal with the sadness. Then you can deal with the anger. Then you can deal with the um, hurt. Then you can deal with the feeling powerless. And then you can deal with the, you know, not feeling safe. Yes. So all and the layers become visible, don't they? As Whereas the counselling, maybe you're just you're talking about more the what happened, not the emotional response to what happened. Yes. And we get caught yeah. up, and I know the light matrix is where we go, where there is no stories, and and it, that, even that's quicker again to release the trauma because actually the story, in a way, 
is irrelevant or doesn't matter so much. It's how your body's dealt with the, st- the, the experience and what it's still holding from that experience. Is that right? Exactly. Perfect. Yeah. I couldn't have said that better myself. <laughs> Gold star. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so I'm, I'm loving jumping to that space with, with clients because they are feeling and seeing and releasing uh, without having to even go into the story at all. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, we are we are a multi-layered being, and I think a lot of people are beginning to realise that now. You know, we we mm. if we got something physical wrong with us, we go to the doctor, and that's what a lot of people right now are just looking at their physical, um, what's going on physically with them, but they don't really address the emotional side of it. Yeah. But we have these different layers of of energy systems and systems within our um, outside of our body and within our body. So we have our physical body, which is where we store emotions. But we also have uh, an emotional body. We have a mental body. Um, we have a spiritual body. Um, so we have all these different energetic layers where, um, and, you know, some people talk about auras. You know, some people can yeah. see the, the aura around us and they can see these dark patches within our aura. And this is where we're holding the trauma on the the you know the outer layer yeah yeah which then affects the physical body it then comes and affects the affects the physical body so what we do with the the light matrix technique is we we go up into our more high vibrationary place and we look at ourselves you know we look at ourselves in the mirror and we look at our physical body our emotional body our mental body and our spiritual body and we see which one of those layers is actually holding the trauma yeah then we can release the trauma and one of the important things um, that uh, with all of this is is getting the understanding, the learning. What decisions did you make at the time? And this goes, uh, I'm not going to go too much into this, but other lifetimes as well, past yeah. lifetimes, and also ancestral energy. So we don't just come in as a, a newbie. Um, we bring in with us all our, our other oh. lifetime traumas with us. We're we're picking up all the ancestral baggage as well because yeah. you know we're made up of mum and dad, and they're made up of their mum and dads, and you know so all the energetics. So within the light matrix, and I know we're going to do another discussion about this even yes. deeper. But you know within this light matrix technique, we can work with that ancestral energy. We can work with other lifetimes. We can um, you know we can look at what's currently going on for us. And sometimes without going into the story, but the important thing is to get the learning. What did we decide? What did we make that mean to us? You mentioned something earlier that I want to cover before we we wrap up. Um, So um, let me give you some examples. Um, Okay. The one that's sprung into mind is quite a a funny one. Well, (laughs) funny, not funny, as my friend would say. Um, This lady was uh, an IVF baby. And she was saying, um, and I didn't know she was an IVF baby, but she was saying to me that um, she quite often um, feels stuck and frozen. And when she tries to move forwards with with a project or something, she feels stuck and frozen. And I thought it was interesting that she said the word frozen. Yeah, yeah, most people say they feel stuck or they procrastinate. Yeah. Yeah. But she said stuck and frozen. So I said to her, well, you know, tell me about your birth. She told me about her birth. And I said, was there anything, you know, and it wasn't particularly unusual. Her birth wasn't particularly unusual. But she said, well, maybe this would be a good point to tell you that actually I'm an IVF baby, she said. 
and um, me and my sister, uh, we were both, um, the eggs were collected at the same time. They were both fertilized at the same time, but her sister got implanted straight away and she got put into the deep freeze oh. for three years. Oh my gosh. So her twin sister is three years older than her. Oh my gosh. That's amazing. <laughs> no wonder she felt frozen. Yes. So um, I can also give my, my, own, um, my own birth story um, very quickly because I know we're running out of time yeah. here. Yeah. But this really affected me. I noticed this pattern and I also healed this pattern when I was writing my book. So um, what would happen is when I was writing my book, I would sit down and for the first 20 minutes, I'd be bashing away on the keyboard. And then all of a sudden, I had this wave of tiredness come over me. And um, I'd need to go to sleep. And it was just like, this is really weird. So anyway, so I said to my mom, you know, I'm writing this book. She doesn't know anything about the work that I do. And I just said, mom, tell me about my birth again. Because I know she told me years ago. And she said, well, she said, um, yeah, she said, I went into labor. She said, I got to the hospital. The midwife panicked and said, oh, my God, the baby's coming too quickly. Let's slow the labor down. Have some pethidin. <gasps> wow. So my mum is super, 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 super sensitive to alcohol and drugs. Like one glass of, uh, one glass of wine, my mum is like horizontal for the rest of wow. the day. So they gave my mum pethidin, which is a narcotic drug. She then went to sleep. So I then, I, as a baby, also got hit with the pethidin. So everything slowed down, everything went woozy, and I probably went to sleep for a while too. Yeah. And then I had to fight my way out because mum was no longer working with me. Oh, so I was my having gosh. to fight Do all the work on your own. Yes. Do all the work on my own. Then as I came out, mum said to me that she held me for about a minute or two and she was still really tired so the nurses took me away put me in a um, nursery for five hours while she slept off the effects of pethidin wow so while i'm writing my book i'm also coming under pressure because i'm not what i would call a natural author in fact you know i was not very good at school so all my limiting beliefs was like who are you to write a book you know you can't even spell blah 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 were pounding at me oh, while I'm writing away yeah. and then my birth story takes over and I yeah. get hit by the pethidin and I have to go to sleep so I went back and helped my baby self with dealing with the pethidin but also with the separation and what I found when I visited my baby self in the nursery I found that my baby self was in a nursery full of crying babies and she was trying to get out the cot or the 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 bed that she was in to try and help those babies oh. because she needed them to stop crying so she could be all right oh my gosh because them crying for their mothers made her feel very you know unsafe but also i you know i'm very um self-contained i'm very um what's the word um independent i'm very yes. independent so yes. i could see how my baby self would go look come on you guys you know buck up stop crying blah 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 <laughs> and I just think it's really funny that you know I my work now is to help people um release the trauma of being separated from mama yeah birth, yeah or release themselves from having a drugged birth or do you know what I mean and it was just yes. like I can just see how that all came about from my own birth experience so thank you mum she's passed over now but thank you mum for that yes. experience well you might not have ever been doing this 
I know, but my baby self was thinking that mum didn't love her and didn't want her. So there was this resentment of when I came out that mum's sleeping, not wanting me. Yeah. So all through my life, I had resentment of my mum, especially when she was asleep on the sofa because she wasn't there for me. Yeah. And I had this underlying feeling, this anger towards her, but I didn't know why it was there. Yeah. And as soon as she tells me about my birth story, I suddenly understand. And you were able to release it. And I was able to release it. But, you know, depending on how we're born, you know, C-section babies and emergency C-section baby, planned C-section babies are different to emergency C-section babies. Um, Babies born with a cord around their neck, um, babies that are born with with forceps and babies that are born through drug-induced birth, they all have their characteristics, if you like. Baby that's induced. Of a belief, yes other belief so baby's forced to start the labor because it's the baby the baby is actually the one that initiates the start of the labor and the pace of the labor by releasing hormones into mum's body but if babies don't get to start their own birth process then they can be pretty pretty annoyed about that oh gosh that's casper 100 percent. he is he hates um when i put pressure on him exactly do something because it's not come from his brain Yes. When I want to get him dressed to take him to nursery, there's resistance, resistance all the time. And like that did come up when we were doing our um, session and the training. Um, and you know, that definitely has lessened. And over time, that's got even less. But there's still an innate, uh, I don't know if it's related to authority or kind of just us as parents. He just wants to do his own thing. Like he is very independent. Um, because we went in and got him. We chose the date for his birth and we opened the window and we pulled him out and he wasn't ready. But that was because I was so afraid that I wouldn't be able to cope with a natural birth because like I said, it was just a year after. Um, But I did, and I know this, and I know you've helped me get there. I did the best I could with the knowledge and understanding I had at the time. I was so afraid that I would be triggered much worse. So actually, if I had actually gone through with a natural birth and then had an, a major kind of traumatic reaction to that based on the trigger of it, Casper could have been in a much worse position. So exactly. I did the best I could with what I thought was the right thing for both of us. Exactly. Yeah. And I also believe that um, from a higher dimensional perspective, that the babies or the souls choose us to be their parents. I yes. say us, I'm not actually a parent, but I am a step parent. Um, but they choose the parent for the experience they want. And I also believe they choose the birth experience they want. So even yeah. though on a 3D physical level, he gets triggered by, you know, you trying to hurry him up or yeah. the other one not being ready to come out. Um, but on a, a higher dimensional, it's like, it's just perfect. I mean, my and he birth knew was it was going to happen perfect. like that. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. But I mean, I me taking him out like that could have triggered his own uh, pre-programmed stuff that he's not dealt with yet either. So exactly. that will come up for him later in life, and I can help him look at that. So it's probably probably not my fault at all in a way. It's just actually he already. I mean, I say I say it too. Like we don't come in as a blank piece of paper. We come in with all these programs on it, like you described earlier. So these are just his stuff that we'll probably have to look at in time if he or if, if we ever get there. Or, you know, that's just who they are, isn't it? Like, if, you know, that's his personality. And, and right now, what could be difficult from 
for me in terms of being a parent to him could absolutely be a, a huge bonus for him later in life or a huge life path, you know, purpose that he needed that skill for. So it's not just looking at the birth, is it? It's the bigger picture as well. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And um, before we go, and I know this hopefully, well, this potentially could be a big question, but so mums right now in this world of um, high stress, high um, sense of physical safe, threat to physical safety through the COVID experience and also the experience of um, going to um, antenatal things on their own. So going to say scans or appointments um, meeting with doctors on their own without their partners because of the COVID um, pandemic. Um, what would you say to mums now or how, how could they make the current experience the best as, that, they, that they can for themselves? Okay. Yeah, um, this is a big question. Sorry. It is a big question and I'll try and answer it <laughs> as succinctly as I can. So remembering that it's not um in order to help the baby feel safe you've got to feel safe yourself yes so what i recommend people do is to do whatever you need to do in this moment to make yourself feel safe spend time in nature i know that some places aren't allowed to go out but even just put a put it on the television you know, listen to meditate, listening to running water or tweeting birds or whatever you need to do. Yeah. You know, do some yoga, do some just whatever you know that you can do to help you feel very, very calm, even if it's just for 10 minutes a day. Some breath work. I mean, I'm really into teaching breath work yes. at the moment. Um, but focusing on your breath, doing some meditation, calming yourself down. And in those moments, then communicate with the baby. When you are calm, communicate with the baby and just let the baby know, okay, so mummy's going through a bit of a rough time right now. You know, it's a little bit crazy out here, but I promise you I'm going to do everything I can to make your life as, as amazing as I can. And so is daddy, if daddy's around. Um, just just even doing something like that for 10 minutes a day is going to make a difference not only to the baby but also to your own psycho psychological yes feeling um of course they can book a session with you and do some work on their fears um but it's really this is this is a time that we really have to take our power back and no matter what is going on in the crazy world, like the best thing I think most people can do is get the hell off of social media, turn your TV off. Yes. Right. Especially the TV, uh, social media to have, have some breaks, have some holidays from that. Just, just for this period of time that you are pregnant, you do, you know, if there's anything big in the world that you need to know about, then somebody will let you know about it. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. But the more you can disconnect from what's going on around you, the more you can deal with how you're feeling. Like, so I heard somebody saying the other day, you know, it's not the mask wearing that's the problem. It's how you feel about wearing the mask. That's it. You know, and if you can come to some form of peace, if you have to go into this particular supermarket and come to some form of peace about wearing this mask, it's going to be a lot healthier for you than if you're going around with clenched teeth and going, ah, I really wish I didn't have to wear that because that's putting stress on your body. 
Yes. So any slight little thing, the small little thing that you can do, listen to great music, music that feels you, makes you feel good, dance. Yes. You know, even if you're nine months pregnant, you can still jiggle around in your lounge. You know, don't, do not, the more you go into fear, the more you're going to shut down and just sit on your couch and watch the television, the more you're feeding yourself and your baby stress. Yeah. The more you take your power back and go, you know what, I'm going to turn the telly off and, you know, people come and tell you stuff. It's like, actually, I don't want to know. I'm just in a, I'm just in a baby bubble right now. You know, you can tell me all about that after the baby's here. And yes. then once the baby's come, Great it's idea. like, no, I, I still don't want to know about that. Thank you very much. <laughs> because i'm focusing on my baby yes. it's about presence it's about attention first to yourself take care of yourself nurture yourself if you've got nobody around to give you a massage give yourself a massage you know just massage your hands with oil your feet pamper feet, yourself legs. yeah yeah give yourself a facial relaxing baby you know um, oh, yeah. bump massage yeah you know talk to the baby connect with the baby but take your power back by doing that. That's amazing. Um, and two things come to mind. So one is around choice. So um, we may, you may not have choice in, in the way in terms of having to wear a mask or having to go to these appointments on your own, but you do have choice in how you um, experience that experience. Yeah. So how you, um, what emotions you allow yourself to, to feel. So basically we've got choice of love and fear, right? So, Yes. you could decide that going into these um, appointments on your own are really fearful and stressful and therefore then embody those feelings. Or you could decide, you know what, I'm going to a place full of professionals and I trust that they're going to look after me no matter what happens today and I, I will be okay. And so choosing the the love and the safety and the yeah. um, more positive feelings, even though it's the, the overall choice is not something you would choose. So I wouldn't choose yeah. to go on my own to the hospital to have my scan, but, and I, but I can't choose that, but I can choose how I deal with it, how I, um, how I allow myself to feel about that. So one of the number one uh, negative beliefs that, that most women have is that I'm not supported. Right. Okay. I'm not supported. So, and it's like, well, did you ask for help? uh no yeah all right so this is a time to sit your partner down whoever he is and if you really have a partner that really cannot give you this support then you need a family member or a friend best friend yeah a best friend your mother whoever your sister your auntie whoever yeah. you can call on and just allow them just to be that support person for you. They may not just physically come with you, but they can be that person that, that can G you up before you go. Yeah. You know what? I'm going to, I'm going to be, even though I can't physically be here with you, I'm going to, you know, I'm there with you in spirit. Or sending you know? like those positive vibes while you have yes. that scan and things. Yeah. Yes. I do that a lot. Have yeah. your husband sitting in the car outside waiting for you. And when you get back in that car, Tell your husband what you need. Great like, idea. I need you to listen to me right now. I need to share this experience. Let's not wait until we get home. I need yeah. to talk now about what, what's just happened because by yeah. the time we get home, I'd have forgotten about it. Yeah. And then ask your partner or your friend, whoever you've gone to the hospital with, to be fully present. Right. This is really important. This is what I do with my relationship stuff. 
is you want somebody who's openly listening to you, not half playing on their phone, not wanting to keep jumping in with suggestions on why didn't you say this and you should have said that. You want somebody to sit there with an open heart and just go, tell me what happened. Amazing. And I've got you. Yeah. It's okay. And I'm and and one of the most... In the validation. And the most healing thing you can ever say to somebody who's gone through a trauma is I am really sorry you went through that experience. I'm really sorry. Amazing. Such beautiful advice. Thank you. Wow. There's so much in that, wasn't there? We covered so much. Um, and I really hope people will feel empowered after hearing that, you know, all of this is recoverable. All the emotion held um, from traumatic experiences, from whether they're birth traumas or, you know, or be before or whatever they were, everything is changeable. Nothing is permanent. We have the power ourselves to make that change. And it's exactly. just a little bit of education or it's just finding the right person or asking for that help or seeking the right support. But knowing that we don't have to do this on our own. So many people hold all of this by themselves. They don't even tell their husbands. They're just afraid to show their vulnerability. But as we know from Brené Brown and many other amazing people, showing vulnerability is actually strength. And once you open that door and get the right support, the benefits will just multiply um, and it'll affect you and your baby and your partner and everyone else who's who's impacted yeah. so thank you so much for sharing that with me and also for being instrumental on my journey because that's having an impact on lots of other people too and uh, and all the amazing work that you're doing so tell us if somebody wanted to obviously that your book um heal your birth heal your life i presume is from most um good book yeah. outlets um, yes. and then your website is magicalnewbeginnings.com yes and healyourbirthbook.com as well healyourbirthbook.com okay perfect yeah. and so for anyone who's also done eft training or even the matrix reimprinting training they can also then take your other courses can't they yes yes right now um the only course that i'm running right now is my heart focused healing course and I'll probably run the light matrix course again. Yeah. But if anybody's interested in learning about the birth work, who's done the EFT and matrix, then just message me through the website or um, email me at Sharon at magicalnewbeginnings.com and, and we can discuss that. Perfect. That would be amazing. I mean, there's the more people, the better. And I know that you've trained loads of actually midwives and doulas and um, people within the NHS and everything on this technique. So the more people that are working with in the birth um, field, the better really, isn't it? For yes. for everybody going forward. Yeah. yeah. Thank you again so much. And yeah, we'll talk to you again soon with other exciting past life stuff. <laughs> yes. Thank you, Sarah. Thank you so much for listening today. I really hope you enjoyed it. If you did, please subscribe to this podcast tell all your friends and it would be amazing if you could please leave me a review too to find out more about me visit tappingformums.com or follow me on instagram at sarah underscore tobin if you'd like to do some tapping with me for free check out my youtube channel 
just search Tapping for Mums. For now, I wish you peace, joy and abundance on your journey.